God is great. Yeah. God is great. God is good. Well, as um, in that lesson, we spoke about the, the child's prayer. God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. <laughs> but uh, in those two concepts, God, the goodness of God and the greatness of God, that is something that encompasses the whole thing, you know, encompasses everything about who God is, his goodness and his greatness and his mercy and grace. Amen. So um, <laughs> I'm reminded of the, the, the story of the uh, pastor um, who showed up at his church and there was only one parishioner there. <laughs> and, uh, and, the, and the pastor asked the parishioner, he says, uh, would you like, you know, what do you want me to do? And he says, well, if I had one cow that showed up to the barn, I'd feed him. So, okay, he preached and he preached and he preached and an hour and a half later he finished. And uh, the pastor said to the, 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 the farmer, he says, well, what would you think of that? He says, well, if I had one cow that showed up for, uh, to be fed, I wouldn't feed her the whole barn. <laughs> So, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the um, title of the message that for this morning is the, the Hand of God. The Hand of God. Now, it is important for us to know that everything comes and everything, every good and perfect gift comes down from our Heavenly Father. Everything comes, everything good that has come into our life has come from God. He is the originator of that which is good. God is good. God is great. So we thank him for our life and we thank him for the goodness that he has meant to us. Well, the scripture text is Psalm 44, 3. And I want to read that before I read the, the, most of the psalm. It says, For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword nor did their own arm save them. But it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because you favored them. So whenever the, the psalmist is giving praise to God that the children of Israel did not conquer their land by their own hand. It was the mighty hand of God. Now they had to participate. They didn't just sit down on the outskirts of the cities and watch, okay, God, you go ahead and do this. They had a very active part in everything they did, but they were seeing how that God had blessed them, seeing how that God has provided for them. Well, I, I thought of the, um, you ever heard of the Midas touch? It's more than just a car commercial. <laughs> Midas touch. Midas is a... Uh, was, I, as far as I could understand, he was a king about the third, three century, third century B.C. And he is, there's a lot of mythology about him. And anybody know what the Midas touch was? Everything he touched turned to gold. That sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh, but it is also thought that Midas starved to death. Why? Because everything he touched turned to gold. <laughs> he couldn't eat it. And it is a symbol or was used as a symbol of being greedy. That 
whenever greed uh, looks at or latches, upon, uh, latches onto us, is it where we have these thoughts and it's about I, me, and my, and how that things are going to be possessed by me, and if I can have more stuff, I can be more happy. <laughs> it's, it's a fallacy. It's a, it's a lie. It doesn't work. And three centuries, uh, three centuries B.C. was, was Midas. And um, we also, we know that he, he, you know, whatever he touched turned to, gar, to gold. But, you know, there's also a, the word is S-A-D-I-M. Is it Saddam? And the Saddam touch is where I think the word sad comes from. And Saddam is that you ruin everything you touch. <laughs> So we have, you can, everything you touch turns to gold. And in the, the modern, I guess, analogy of the Midas touch is you have the ability to get wealth and gain wealth very easily. It comes, comes naturally. Well, there are people who are, who are gifted in wealth and being able to make things work for them and uh, be able to um, bring home, as it were, lots of money. I, my, I have stories of I never met or was my great-great-grandfather, somewhere in there, one of those two greats or three greats back. He owned like eight, 10,000 acres of woods. <laughs> and he was a, a lumberman. And um, my mom said that the, the stories that came back about him was that he could, go, he could go to town and come home with more money than he went with. <laughs> so he had the Midas touch. Well, what did he do? He made axe handles. He made axe handles, and so he was axe handle McGee. <laughs> so he was a guy who, you know, specialized in wood products, and he had a great uh, lumber mill at the time up in the Punxsutawney area. So we find that there are people who are able to get and to gain wealth, but the psalmist here is letting us know that God is the one who gives us the ability. You see, while we were, you know, you think about who you are as a person. Well, of course, there are characteristics about us that we wish were better. But inside the package, God has given to us the ability to do things. Now, we try to, well, evil or bad attitude or sometimes people try to give us that S-A-D-I-M, Saddam, I'm going to pronounce it. I'm probably, I'm, I know this probably not the right word or right way to pronounce it, but try to um, make us think that we are like that, that everything you touch is ruined. That's a lie. You know, you know, things may go wrong, but that doesn't mean that everything you touch is ruined. It means that we need to look at things differently. We need to handle things more clearly or to ha handle things more, um, let's say, cautiously. <laughs> so, like backing up a vehicle or something like that. <laughs> I, just thought, I just heard about that. <laughs> so not that anybody hasn't backed up into things. But <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just thought of that as I was standing. I'm sorry, you know. Blame it on God. He brought that to my mind. <laughs> no, God, you only get good credit. I'm sorry. I must have been listening to the wrong voice. There we go. <laughs> I, I think of the um, 
story whenever they were, Sunday school teacher was talking about um, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot and his family fleeing Sodom and how that uh, Lot's wife turned around and she turned into a pillar of salt. And the little boy says, that's nothing. My mom turned around and she turned into a telephone pole. <laughs> a little humor. Okay, don't give them the whole load, just give them the facts. Okay, so in our, in our Sunday school lesson, whenever we're talking about the hand of God, the Sunday school lesson this morning had a very interesting um, phrases here given to us by Shirley Guthrie. She writes, God acts, God speaks, God knows, he wills, he decides. God reveals himself. He is called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He loves, rejoices, regrets. He can be angry, compassionate, jealous, merciful. All such language assumes that God is not something, but God is someone. He is not just an idea or a spiritual force. He is a person. So whenever we look at and, and understand that God is a person, now in the Old Testament, Without Christ, it was impossible to know God. But through Christ, we can know God, what God is like, what God, who God is as a person, and what God's thoughts are, because we have them presented to us in the Gospels. So what kind of a living person is God? He is neither a tyrant nor a granddaddy, <laughs> nor is he a combination of both. He is, in fact, a God who is both free from men and yet he is dependent, and yet he is bound to them. He's far above, yet with them. He is distant, yet near. Powerful, yet loving. God is great. He is the Almighty. He is the All-Knowing. He's the All-Seeing. And yes, God is good. He loves every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. And with undying love, <laughs> he will see that through. He exceeds the worth of all of our praise. So whenever we are talking about God and God's provision for our life, we find that God is working in us and through us, and, and the psalmist is letting, you know, he's reviewing the history of, of Israel and how that Israel has become a nation and how that Israel has conquered the land and so on. But he goes on, for you did not gain possession of the land by their own sword. So whenever we think that, okay, I've done this. Look at your life. Look at your accomplishment. Look what I have done. It's important that we stop and say, thank you, God, for the strength to do it, the wisdom to do it, the wisdom to handle it. Giving God praise for everything that is going on in our life because we are looking for God to turn it, even if it's a negative thing, even if it's what we perceive as negative, we have to believe that God is going to show us, show us the way. He is going to give us direction. He's going to give us peace. I mentioned in a Sunday school lesson that um, the three... Three teenagers, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. Were they at peace before they hit the fire? Or after they found out they weren't going to be consumed in the fire? Well, 
from the scripture, we find that he, he, they said, you know, we're not guarded in what we say to you, king, but whether you throw us into the fire or not, we're not going to bow down to you. So they were at peace ahead of time. And the, and the challenge for us is that we need to be at peace ahead of time. We need to recognize that God has a plan before there seemingly is a failure. We need to recognize that because things haven't worked out doesn't mean that we are this saddam person. You know, have everything is everything I touch is ruined. See, it's not those are all lies. Lies of our society, lies of our what? Of our human nature. The truth of the spiritual nature is that God loves us, God has a plan for us, God has a purpose. Now, in everything, give thanks. <laughs> in, um, in Mark chapter 8, I didn't, I didn't give this scripture to you, so don't go. <laughs> it's last week's scripture. You know, I didn't get to it last week, so I thought I'd throw it in here. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus is with about 4,000. This is the other feeding of the 4,000. We, we had the feeding of the 5,000. And this is another situation in which Jesus feeds the 4,000. And whenever he is there and he's talking to the disciples, he says uh, that he doesn't want to send them away because he recognizes they're all hungry and they will faint or collapse. So Jesus' followers answered, how can we get enough bread in this remote place to feed them? So Jesus asked them, how many, how many loaves of bread do you have? And the, and the disciples said, we got seven. It's like, okay, we're ready for you this time, Jesus. <laughs> we got seven loaves. And then he goes on, and well, Jesus took the loaves. Okay, you got 4,000 people. He took the loaves, seven of them, and he gave thanks for them. Okay, the provision of God. Can we give thanks for not enough? <laughs> Can we give God thanks when we feel like there's not enough? See, that's the provision of God, that we are seeing things or believing for something that isn't quite here yet. There's a need. There's 4,000 people need to eat, and we've got seven loaves of bread. And so Jesus is giving thanks for the seven loaves of bread. How can seven loaves of bread feed 4,000 men plus women and children? Well, when God blesses, Jesus blesses it and breaks it and multiplies so that the disciples each have a basket full and the baskets go out and feed everybody and they all come back and there's baskets left over. Well, then he goes on and he does the fish. <laughs> gives thanks for the fish. Not enough, but he gives to the baskets and gives to the people and they all have food. See, the challenge is, <laughs> what do we see? What do we see whenever we look at things? What do we see whenever we don't have enough? What do we find when there is something lacking, even in ourselves? What do we, what do we look at? Well, the challenge for us is to look to God, who does not have any deficits, and he who created us has the ability to impart to us what we feel we are deficient in. What I feel deficient in 
God can provide for me because I am thanking him for his provision. Well, I'm thanking God for not enough. Okay, that's faith. Faith. Faith says that God can take what we have and multiply it. Make it more than enough. Make it great enough. Make it, you know, be sustaining for us. So, the scripture in um, Psalm 44, beginning at verse 1, it says, the psalmist is saying, God, we have heard about you. Our ancestors told us what you did in their days and days long ago. So here we are hearing about what God has done, and the psalmist is telling us he has heard about what God has done in the centuries before with the nation of Israel. We've heard about it. So here we are hearing about taking bread, seven loaves, and feeding 4,000. We're hearing about this. All right? With your power, you forced the nations out of the land and placed our ancestors here. You destroyed those other nations, but you made our ancestors grow strong. You set them free. So God promised to take the nation of Israel and bring them out of captivity, out of slavery, and bring them to a land that was theirs. God gave it to them centuries before, and now they were coming to take possession of it. And how that God performed miracle after miracle for, for them to inhabit the land. Now, here we are inhabiting our life. We're living our life. We are inhabiting this place, this life that God has given to us. Well, I don't like it very much. <laughs> I wish I had the Midas touch. Greedy. So we're greedy. <laughs> because if we have the Midas touch, we die. We end up starving to death on the very thing we want. It doesn't work. But having the hand of God and having faith for God to bring into our life that which we don't have or what we don't have enough of, we are seeing our dependency, we are seeing our shortcomings, but we're also seeing the hand of God. I'm seeing the hand of God. I'm seeing his provision. I'm seeing how God can take something and multiply it many times over. So it wasn't, and then he goes on in verse 3, it wasn't their sword that took possession of the land. They went and fought with the swords. It wasn't their swords. It, was, it wasn't their power that gave them victory. But it was your great power and strength. You were with them because you loved them. You delighted in them. So here is God telling us he delights in us. He, he, his blessing is upon our life. His divine favor is upon us. And you see, if we've ever thought about the fact that the victories you saw in your past weren't just your own doing. If we look at our life and the very things that we've accomplished in our past, if we look at them and realize, I didn't do all of this. God helped me. We're beginning to understand that our life isn't about ourselves. Our life is about God living through us. 
and how that God will help us to do the work that we are about to do. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. That means you've got to participate in what you're doing. This isn't, I'll sit back and let God do it. (laughs) I'll sit back and let somebody else do it. No, I'm going to allow God to help me, and God will give me strength to do these things. (laughs) My God, verse 4, my God, you are my king. Your commands led Jacob's people to victory. um, With your help, we pushed back, we pushed out our enemies. In your name, we trampled those who came against us. I don't trust my bow. I don't trust my bow to help me. You see, when King Midas um, was able to turn everything to gold, he grew hungry and he grew friendless because he couldn't touch anyone. No one would go near him, they'd be turned to gold. He couldn't eat. Everything was turned to gold. And the very thing he desired ended up destroying him. So whenever we're looking at what we desire, we want to desire things that are going to to bless us and bless other people. That we're going to use what we have to make a difference in the lives of other people. And you find then that we become this reservoir upon which God's water is coming in and going out. We're not a dead sea where everything comes in and nothing leaves. We end up destroying ourselves. So anyhow, I don't trust my bow to help me, and my sword can't save me. You, God, you saved me from our foes, and you made our enemies ashamed. We will praise God every day. We will praise and give thanks to your name forever. So God has chosen us to be his instruments. He's chosen us to be his vessels. He's chosen us to take us through our difficult times. When you receive an unexpected break, when things turn around for seemingly no reason, it was because God's favor was on your life. God has a plan for you. It just doesn't just happen. Luck, the stars, know the hand of God. You won't be where you are. You won't be where you are without the gracious hand of God. And we may look at ourselves under this Saddam thing and say, well, I, I don't have the right education. I don't come from the right family. I don't have the right school. I don't have the right this or the right that. I don't have... But you see, it isn't what you don't have. It's what you do have. I have the gracious hand of God upon my life because he has blessed me to be who I am and then to allow his blessing to flow, me, flow through me. You see, you have, you have the God's favor factor. You have the God bless factor. God is blessing your life. And why? Because you give thanks and praise to him for all of his goodness and glory that he has given you. God's favor can take you wherever you, wherever you cannot go on your own. So deep down, we have to know that there's something about you that is 
indefinable. <laughs> there is something about you that is different. And that difference is in here. You're different. <laughs> You're different. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You're different, and people, people know that there's something different about you. It can't be measured. It can't be put on paper. It can't be explained. Other people won't be able to figure it out. All they know is that you have it. <laughs> You're different than other people, and that's the hand of God upon your life. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> That's not the whole barn, that's just the halo. <laughs> Let's stand, shall we? You see, there's just something about you that some people will be drawn to, they like. There's something about you that causes you to succeed. <laughs> There's something about you that says my life is important and has value. That's the hand of God. And we are not <laughs> looking at it as the Midas touch. We're looking at it as the, the favor of God, his gracious favor upon our life. Father, we thank you that you have touched our lives and you have given us this special gift of your presence, the special gift of being your child, and that, Lord, we can see things differently because you are the one whose eyes we look through. We thank you, God, for hearing our prayers. Thank you, O oh God, for the things that are in our life. We thank you, God, that you have turned them around and you are turning them around, and, Lord, you are making a difference because... We have heard of your actions. We've heard of what you've done in the past with other people and even with other nations. God, you can do it in our land, our nation, and in our life. We thank you for your gracious hand of favor upon our lives. Amen? Amen. God bless you. <laughs>